Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it up to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. everybody and welcome to another episode the 28th episode of meet my mess podcast with me your host carissa harrison i first want to say sorry for so canadian for not having an episode last week i unfortunately have covid right now i know i look so good and so fresh and so put together in my PJs and Birkenstocks um, to be recording an episode of a podcast with COVID. I know I'm really am the host doing the most, but no, seriously, I've I had COVID right now, so I didn't have an episode last week. The day I was supposed to record was the day I tested positive, and I just was feeling like close to death. Um, And I still am definitely not myself. So if at any point today I say things that just like don't really make any sense, just know that it's the COVID kind of brain. I'm super slow and super foggy. And I've been like looking back at the dudes I've been messaging and just thinking like there's no hope for any of these relationships after COVID because I literally have been making no sense you could be pretty much talking to a four-year-old but anyways I'm still gonna come on the internet and talk about my life even though I'm in this weird headspace so here we are I know also I was supposed to have a guest this week let me make sure I'm recording because like like I said my brain's just slow as fuck um I was supposed to have a guest this week. I know I said I wouldn't be doing a solo episode for quite a while because I did have like quite a few guests lined up. But since I got COVID, things kind of switched around and we didn't get to do the recordings when we had hoped to. So lucky you, you got an hour of me rambling once again. Anyways, no one cares. Um, But yeah... I really didn't think that I would get COVID in my mind. I was kind of like, oh, I'm untouchable. I put myself in dangerous situations. I call thrilling all the time, going to random men's houses, roaming foreign streets alone without protection, dating ex-cons, whatever, whatever. And I just thought I could live my normal life and not get COVID. And here we are. Now I have COVID. I was vaccinated, but anyways, I have COVID and here I am sounding like a broken record, looking like a box of meatloaf. Energy is low, but I refuse to not be consistent with this podcast. So I'm here physically, mentally. It's a little iffy. Um, During this time that I've been locked inside my house, I've had a lot of time to think about life. I haven't had my family here. They all left because they all tested negative um, to talk to. I haven't had friends around. Like I've had phone calls and things. I haven't been at work. So I've just had a lot of time to think about life as a whole, to take a seat back, take a back seat is what I meant, and look at kind of the bigger picture. 
something I encourage you all to do is like when you're out in public or sitting in a room, just like look around you and like look at the bigger picture. It's so interesting. It's kind of like you're out in the wild looking in the African Amazon at a bunch of animals playing. Like, you know what it reminds me of is that scene in Mean Girls where they're all at the mall and she's talking about how she's used to living in Africa and like the people in the mall are like playing in the fountains like monkeys if that makes any sense but this is a good something I just do like a lot to just like look at the bigger picture and remember like oh I'm just part of this overall plan but anyways today's messy moment I wanted to take the time to talk about the circle of life because I think that we all need a reminder about how truly insignificant our presence on this rock is. This past year with COVID, it's been very easy to focus only on yourself and your inner circles. And I think we're forgetting that there's a whole world outside of our little bubble. And I'll get into this, but I want to start at the beginning of the life cycle birth so i've heard that (laughs) childbirth is the equivalent to the no not equivalent it is more painful than breaking every bone in your body giving birth is oh my god (laughs) did that make any sense it is more painful to give childbirth than to break every single bone in your body simultaneously Women who don't get epidurals (laughs) need to be psychologically examined. I know my mom didn't get an epidural for her first two childbirths. And she always told me it was like too a massive mistake. And because I think that they ask you if you want it before it gets to like the most painful point. And so a lot of people are like, no, I can handle it. But then it gets way, way worse. But I just think to make the decision to push out an eggplant adjacent object out of your vagina and to pass up a little pill or injection that would take the pain away is call for psychiatric help. I just don't see why, like, it really is in, I'm trying to, like, think of a reason why the hell you would ever want to just, like, endure the full pain of childbirth. Like, I guess people want the full experience, but you're still fucking gonna hurt with that epidural pushing a fucking 10 pound baby out of your vag. And like babies are getting bigger and bigger with these hormones. Like babies are coming out like double the size they used to. I just think it's absolutely ludicrous to not take that pill, whether or not you're natural. I don't know. I think it's an injection. I don't know. I don't know. Like I just don't possibly see the reason that you would want to not take that epidural like you don't I understand like the girls who don't like take Advil and shit and like shame you for taking Advil they are probably the ones that aren't getting the epidural as well but like come on sis you we're not you don't need to be Superman you're already pushing out a baby so take that injection at least I will be when I'm a mom someday getting to the age of my life where like all my friends are starting to like get married and have babies and I'm still living at home and trying to just like grind in my career but I do definitely want to be a mom someday in an ideal world I would probably be like 29 30 when I had my baby I remember 
when I was in high school, I used to say I wanted a baby by like 25, 26, which like now just seems so crazy to me. Like, I just don't think I will be one. I don't have anywhere near a boyfriend. And two, I just have too much career stuff I want to do too many travel plans before I have a baby and like when I say I want to be a mom someday that doesn't necessarily mean um I have sex with a husband and have a baby the natural way it could mean adoption it could mean yeah adoption would be a big option for me if I raised a baby alone um because there is a big part of me that's planned my life without someone in it to give me a child how that would look so yeah I definitely do want a baby someday but I don't think it necessarily needs to be a typical family because I don't even know if I want to be married so there you go and I think that adoption is like something that people overlook I guess like I think people are very quick to jump to in vitro or things surrogacy or things of that nature because they want a baby of their own which I completely understand I think it's so beautiful to have a human being that's part you and part the person you love but there are also so many children already on this earth who are going to grow up in tough situations and if you could like provide them with a home that is nurturing and loving then you're already like you're bringing joy to something that already exists on this earth. And I think that for me personally, I would love to do that and adopt a a child at some point. Well, we will see. Um, I'm like also always freaked out that I'm infertile. And I think a lot of girls can relate to this, like girls who haven't gotten pregnant. We, especially like me, like I'm so bad with my birth control. I, I can't tell you I have been in so many serious relationships where I've been so iffy with my birth control and the man is just splooged inside me and I still have no baby never gotten pregnant and uh some may call that lucky I think it's a little worrisome there was a point in my life in my last relationship that I was like okay if I got pregnant it wouldn't be so bad because at least I know that I can have a baby um because I am I'm so freaked out that I'm infertile and I think so many girls have this irrational fear that they're infertile before they even have any um reason to think that way just because we as women I think really identify ourselves as caregivers and as mothers and as nurturers and I think a lot of people women worry that if you weren't able to carry a child that you would be any less of a woman which obviously does not mean that But I think that that's a really common fear amongst young women, at least. Um, Yeah, I don't know when you're supposed to get a pap smear or anything like that. Like, I don't know anything about or go to the gynecologist. Like, I've never done any of that shit. So if I'm late on the game on that, someone please DM me. I don't know when you're supposed to start getting that shit checked out. But so far... I'm not sure about fertility, if I'm infertile or not. And uh, I would say don't worry about it until it comes to that point. I actually just have a friend who was told she's not fertile. And it was really, really sad and really, really hard. And I think people also discredit how hard that can be. So 
and how traumatic that can be. So I would definitely say if you're struggling with fertility to like seek some counseling and things like that. But also, what am I talking about? I'm 22 years old and I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable talking about fertility because I don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't like to talk about things that I don't have any topic on. I didn't plan to go in this direction. But anyways, um, my main comment was that I'm just shocked that I'm not pregnant at this point. Men don't have the same panic, though, even though their swimmers could be. Never have brought to swimming class, never taught to swim. Guys don't seem to worry the same way girls do about not being able to have a baby. Maybe it's just something that like their small brains can't process now and they have to wait until they're actually in the moment and they can't have a baby that it will actually like upset them and worry them. And maybe that's something that we should do, too. <laughs> But yeah, childbirth, childbirth. I'm going to call my mom and ask her what it's like to give childbirth because I or I just want to hear some birth stories about me and my childbirth. It's her birthday today and she loves to be publicly acknowledged. So let's hope that she's here. Hi. Oh, you're at the beach. Look at you. Wow. Big birthday girl. Oh, sorry. You didn't like that. Didn't like that one. Yeah. Can you tell with the microphone? Um, I just want to call because I'm doing an episode about the circle of life, about birth. Want to know uh, any any good birth stories? What's it, what was it like giving birth? Like, OK, so I heard that it's the equivalent of breaking the pain of breaking every bone in your body simultaneously. Would do you think do you think that's accurate? Not that you know. Beyond, <laughs> like, do you feel like you're gonna die? Really? What? What do you mean, just a champion? I remember the doctor saying to me when I went in for my checkup after that she's never heard so many swear words come out of a woman's mouth while giving birth. And she said, oh, but your friend Kelly, wow, she's just a champion. Oh, oh good. <laughs> so with you, it was long. It was 36 hours. It was a very long, drawn out, slow, thought it was as bad as it could get kind of thing. Who was the worst? Dylan. Dylan, so the youngest one. So, uh, Tyler was pretty bad. Tyler, Tyler, I went to, my head went to another level, and I, um, I started hallucinating, and I think it was because I just couldn't deal with the pain, so I, for some reason, I thought I was in, it might have been the laughing gas, too. I didn't have epidurals with any of you guys, which I should have, um, but, um, I saw, like, I thought that I was, um, like at an old farmhouse. In an old farmhouse? Yeah. And I saw a rat run across the floor and I saw all of the doctors were like the midwives and I was like back in the day. So that was fun. So what did the doctors do with you when you start acting that way? And then um, with Dylan, I was really sick because I had to be induced. Um, so he, um, so I tried to jump out the window. <laughs> 
because I thought for some reason if I jumped out the window, the pain would be over. Because you'd just um, be dead? Auntie Carrie said, said, go ahead, like we're a story up. And she even opened the window for me so I could jump out. But So that was a pain. Off. yeah i'd be so mad like fuck you i really wanted to be like a glamorous celebrity who just given birth like i really wanted to look beautiful that was really important to me so when i had dylan i did like full on face makeup like black eyes red lips like i was like i'm gonna look so freaking hot when you guys take pictures of me holding my new baby in my hands and my arms and um Auntie, Auntie Bash, I think, was like, after I give her, she's like, you should go look in the mirror. Oh, so I went to look, everywhere? and it was like, I was like a clown, like, black, <laughs> smeared everywhere, red, everywhere, like, not good. Um, yeah, Dylan's was the worst. His was the hardest. Because it was the sure, shortest, was right? Up and stuff at the same time. But with you, since you're talking about the circle of life, um, my grandmother actually died as I was giving birth to you. Mm -hmm. and she was and I didn't know until after I'd given birth um that she passed away but she was a redhead like you and um it was a weird so your name was supposed to be Carissa Laura Harrison Mm -hmm. um but we added the Mary in there because that was my grandmother's name so literally happened at the same moment as you came out she passed away and you always say I'm a lot and, like her, right? Huh? You always say I'm a lot like her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She has, like, po- she has, like, I, I think I have actually one of her poetry books. Yeah, I do somewhere. Um, very artistic. That's so yeah. weird. I mean, we probably take, like, we take after her a lot, I think, probably. Mm-hmm. She loved the arts and music, and mm-hmm. that's definitely where that came from. Um, you look like her as well. So that was really weird. That's so weird. Um... Yeah. yeah, I swore after I had all of you that I would never have another child <laughs> because of the birth. Are you trying to tell me but something? You no, but you, you you they say you forget, but you don't forget. <laughs> it just kind of like numbs a little bit until somebody like your daughter brings it up to you twenty two years. And later. now you're just like traumatized. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, take the drugs. That's all I can say. Is I didn't take the drugs. I should have freaking taken the drugs. I don't know why I didn't. It was by the time I yeah, wanted Yeah, what was your thought process behind that? I thought to that? myself, like, I can handle this pain. I can handle this pain. But I didn't think, oh, it's going to get worse. Yeah. And so by the time I actually wanted it, um, it was too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was a fucking bitch. I was swearing. <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care. Like, I'm done. Pull it out of C-section, like, get rid of it. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. But it's just what needs to happen. And it's, I think if I had taken it with more of a, like, it's natural that it's supposed to feel this way instead of a panic, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Like, when I gave birth to you, I was doing yoga at the time, and that breathing really helped me with my labor. Yeah. Um, Whereas, I mean, your dad... Was it Tyler? Yeah, so Tyler came out and he was purple and he had the umbilical cord around his neck um, and then in a knot around his neck. So he came out purple and your dad saw that and was like, I'm going to be sick. And I'm like, literally have this child half 
pushed out of me. Oh. And so he went to the washroom and passed out. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah. I didn't know that. Full on passed out. My whole family's outside. And they're like, oh my God, is it turns of the baby? No, it's the father. <laughs> um, just from like the scene. This, kind of, of, yeah. Them out. Yeah, that is really um, scary. I remember seeing a picture of it. Like having like so much happening at the same time was, um, and they say yeah. that like, postpartum depression happens like with a traumatic birth, and I think that that definitely was the case with Tyler. Like I definitely had postpartum depression after. Oh, interesting. Um, Did you have postpartum yeah, with all of not, us? Not with you. Um, a little bit with Dylan, but Tyler was the worst, and so I think it was just because the labor was so traumatic, so traumatizing to me. Yeah. Um, because literally I didn't think he was alive yeah. um oh my gosh you look so sad and it was pretty bad like I remember like the I think I was so like depressed that I didn't even know I was depressed yeah and I know that the yeah. only person who said anything to me was my mom granny yeah and she was like do you think you have postpartum depression and I was like oh like yeah I do like yeah. I was so like just not in my mind it was also like 9-11 happened a month after Tyler was born yeah and that, that was, was a traumatizing for event too. for our family yeah and um because I thought my sister was there um so all of these things kind of like contributed to it yeah so um so yeah, I mean, if you've had a baby, don't. I think it's different now where mental health is talked about more. But yeah. definitely after I had Tyler, the postpartum, the postpartum isn't something that wasn't really about. a thing that was really, you know, a common thing to talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, what saved me from that was starting to exercise. That was what I joined a mom's mom and me baby group and. That's what. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. That's what saved me, I think. Yeah. I don't think sure. a lot of people talk about uh, postpartum. I was a young mom too. So there was that. You know, you want to do everything right. You were really sick when you were born. Um. Yeah. You you had your umbilical cord got infected. You had strep going through your body. Um. That was really scary. Um. Yeah. yeah. We lost you at one point. You had IVs in your brain and we told the hell why, why don't I know any of this I knew I had stuff in my feet but not in my brain that's probably why I don't like needles that's probably why I hate needles now that's terrifying I would literally rather die than get a needle in my head now There's a lot. And it's not all negative. I mean, I remember yeah, just not. like one of the second days, I think I took you home and I was like, finally home. And I would just sing to you. And I remember just breaking down and absolutely bawling my eyes out, like uncontrollably, because I didn't know that I could love another person like that. And I just like looked at you and sang to you and I couldn't even get through the song I was singing to you and I was just like I can't believe like this miracle is in my life like it was just so emotional yeah yeah um well that's that's a lot of info that's so sweet though I didn't know that well I love you too 
saying, um, um, uh, oh, mama's going to buy you a mockingbird. I always sang that to you. Mm-hmm. And I always sang the, sh- um, the shaggy song. Yeah, Angel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what you get for having a mom that's 20. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, that's really okay. sweet. Lullaby by Billy Joel. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. That. that was a good baby song. Okay. Um, yeah. Aww. Okay. So, I just wanted to get favorite. some. Uh... My biggest in my life. I, it doesn't matter. You don't think about that. Well, I mean, you, when people ask you, you think about it, but you would do it again, knowing yeah. who your children are. Aww. You know? That's so sweet. And the biggest. Well, I'm glad that. Uh, mother, for sure. I'm glad that you don't hate being a mom. <laughs> that I don't what? I hate being a mom and that way it was worth it. Oh, I love being a mom. I, I it's the most important job I've ever had. The most I agree. You have I some, uh, yeah, no, unfortunately there's not much to do for me. You know, like what, what you wanted to do for a living. And I knew I loved kids. So it was being a teacher and being a mom yeah. like that. I would have just, yeah, you guys fucking had to grow up, but yeah. So rude. You know, one I, day you'll have grandkids. Yeah. It was like, wouldn't take those years back and have somebody else raise my kids. I mean, I know people have to do that, but yeah. Um, those were the favorite years of my life. Was being at home with you guys. Aww. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We love having yeah, you. Yeah, can we present you? You'll be even more intense as a grandma than a mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were very scheduled. You remember we had like baking days on Mondays and Tuesdays would be mm-hmm. our swimming days. Wednesdays would be our art day. Thursdays would be our science day. Like there was always something, something happening. Yeah, and... I agree. I was a busy kid. Yeah. I never got into trouble yeah. because of that though, yeah. I think. Uh, no, you were just emotional. Yeah, as I you still just, am. Tyler got into trouble all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. Like, he used to, like, I remember his, like, he, it was always sweet, though. Like, he would, like, I would, I spent, I think, like, $500 on new flowers for a garden in Edgemont, and I was so happy. Like, it was all done, and I went inside, and he freaking cut them all off and brought them to me in a big bouquet and was like I picked two flowers mommy oh. <laughs> oh my god I just wanted to kill him but you couldn't at the same time I it was like the sweetest yeah. little gesture you know imagine like, if he did that now <laughs> huh? imagine if he did that now I don't know the last time somebody brought me flowers oh mom uh you your friends bring you flowers pretty often I'd say I, Oh, yeah, I think Karen brought me flowers. She was the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friends give me flowers all the time. Christy, she knew how hard it was for me. Mm-hmm. Being a young mom, and she would literally send me flowers or bring me flowers, like, once a week. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, she's like, best. she was, like, the sweetest. Like, <laughs> the sweetest. I always remember that. Okay. Well, I'm going to finish this off. Well, I still have, I still have the past, present, future, and death to go through. Okay. No, but it was lovely <laughs> to hear your stories and to hear about birth because I don't know anything about birth. I tried to talk about birth. I was like, I don't know. I need to call someone who knows better than me. So take the drugs. Take the drugs. That's all you got to say. All righty. Take the drugs. Go to a hospital. 
Water births. <laughs> that good, good. Okay. Well, I love you. And the podcast says happy birthday to you too. You're their, you're their favorite guest. <laughs> okay. Love you. I'll call you later. Bye. Holy shit. She does not shut up. I meant to call for like a two minute little chat with her about birth. And I just got a 25 minute rant about our childhood. Oh my gosh. That was a lot. Now I'm like thrown off by this episode because (laughs) we talked for so long. I was gonna, you know, let's just do it. I was, oh, oh gosh. Oh, fuck. The ring light again. It's always the ring light. It's always fucking around. So there we go. We got a little bit of insight from Mama Harrison on childbirth. Probably going to have to cut some of that out because that was a lot. That was She just wanted to be the star of the show and it's her birthday, so I can't shut her up. Um, just to cap off our little section on childbirth, I'm going to watch a one-minute video and react to it of someone giving childbirth. I'm not going to show it on here because it's on YouTube, right? So, like, I can't show what's going. Like, I can't show a woman's vagina on YouTube. But I, myself, can look at it. And I don't know if the sound will be. The sound probably won't. I don't know. Okay. I'm the only one that can hear it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to fast forward. Okay, we don't see her vagina. We just see the pain she's in. Okay. Okay, her husband's holding her leg in the air. She's screaming. She's now in doggy style. Interesting. I was kind of under the impression everyone stayed in this lying down leg in stirrup position. I wonder if you guys can hear what this is saying. Oh, there's the vagina. Okay. Okay. Everyone should have to watch this video. Really? Please. Oh, this is. This is. Oh, God. She's screaming at the top of her lungs. Oh, I'm going to throw up. I've never seen a vagina open so wide in my life. I can't even, I don't know how much I can watch. Oh, that was fast. Okay, this was obviously a faster. Oh, and there's the umbilical cord right out of the vagina. Oh, it's gray. Oh, it's gray. Oh, she's still crying. Oh, and oh, interesting. I didn't realize you had to give birth to the placenta. Okay, this is interesting. So this woman gave birth to her child and then all of a sudden she gave birth to the placenta afterwards. I didn't realize that that's how that worked. I I don't know what I thought happened with the placenta. I knew people ate it. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm going to have to like drink some ginger ale and calm my stomach down after that. That was all the birth control I need for the next five years. Um, But honestly, her vagina didn't open as wide as I thought it would. 
maybe it was just obviously because her baby wasn't that big. But yeah, that was definitely all I needed to see. I don't know how I'm supposed to go back to podcasting like normal after that. But yeah. Ooh, like you can probably see the blank look in my eyes. That was scary. Okay. I have chills. So now after we spent 45 minutes talking about childbirth, let's go on to the past. So I was talking earlier about how I had was having these epiphanies about my life and the big picture and how we don't really matter. So I've just been thinking about how we've spent the last 22 years constantly, like I've spent the last, sorry, not we, I have spent the last 22 years of my life constantly thinking and living in a time I was not in. So for example, every day I go to work, I record this podcast, I journal, I exercise. But while I'm doing all these things in the present day on today, September 1st, I am thinking about what happened to me as a kid, why I did something embarrassing. You know, when you see like a cringy old post on Facebook or remember something cringy you said to a guy. Like one time I was running around a park chasing like the first guy I ever loved. I was wearing all white, white shorts, white tank top chubby little ginger, like just not no self tan, just not a good look. And anyways, I was chasing him around because he stole my phone and I slipped in all of this mud and just covered myself in front of like 25 people. It was so embarrassing. Everyone started laughing at me. And the most embarrassing part to me, I relive that moment all the time in my head. And the most embarrassing part for me is not the falling in the mud in front of 25 people and them laughing. It's the fact that I was running around like a little bitch trying to get my phone from some dude like I'm not like you're like the the idea of me like running around physically chasing some dude makes me want to die I don't know if that's a me problem like I've been thinking about like on the bachelorette they like run around and chase each other and tag each other all the time and that's supposed to be like cute and like demure and all that but like chasing around some dude that doesn't like me physically chasing them it makes me want to cringe or for example like living in the future like okay when is this podcast gonna start making me some money when am I gonna be able to do this full time when am I not gonna have to go to my job every day my nine to five that makes me want to blow my braids out sorry hopefully no one from work is listening um but Either way, it's always about being in this state of past or future. And for a long time, my mom, like, talked to me about needing to be more focused on my tasks at hand because I'm so terrible for just, like, being all over the place and being clumsy. That's why I have a podcast called Meet My Mess. Like I always fall down the stairs, trip, spill things on myself, seriously injure myself solely because I'm not focused on the present and I'm focused on six billion other things in the world. And I used to think it was just like, oh, I'm a great multitasker and stuff. But clearly I'm not if I can't do my one task in the present without seriously injuring myself seriously I'm clearly not that good of a multitasker then but my mom always said this to me and I kind of like didn't really think she was like serious about it I was like oh I that's just who I am I'm just clumsy I'm just 
messy. That's just who I am. I didn't take this advice very seriously until my therapist kind of recently told me the same thing. She like explained to me that my anxiety or like the state, a state of being anxious is simply overthinking the past or the present. That's what a state of anxiety is, is spiraling about the past or the present. And I, this was such a massive epiphany for me because I'm always living in the past or the future. Sorry. A state of anxiety is a state of being like overthinking the past or the future, not the past or the present. But I'm, I very rarely live in the present. There is some moments in my life that I remember thinking this is a very beautiful moment. I need to be present and I need to take this in and forget everything else around me. And sometimes I still like struggle like in those situations to acknowledge the true beauty of what I'm going through because I have a difficult time being present. So I have really been trying to focus on this feeling of being in the present. And I think it's something that we all very much so overlook. Um, breathe, just like taking a deep breath and focusing on what is exactly in front of me has been massive in coping for my anxiety and coping for these thoughts because it's so easy to get into an anxious state when you're always thinking, okay, why am I not more ahead? Why am I not here? Whatever. We're going to talk about the future in a second, but um, right now we're on the present. There is no reason to stress because you can't change what's happened and what is going to happen. Um, there is nothing you can do anything to change what's going on in your life all you can do is change what's like right in front of you right now is the point I'm trying to make so if you're going on a date at the end of the night and you're feeling nervous about it all you can think about is okay well right now I'm not even on that date right now I am at home getting ready for the day and I am feeling myself listening to my favorite music at home I'm safe here there's nothing to worry about here And once you get to that point that you're doing the thing that you're stressed out about, I guarantee it won't be as stressful because you didn't spend all this time overthinking what's going to happen. It takes a lot of mental practice, but I think that focusing on the present will be very beneficial for everyone's mindset. Um, It's not healthy to live in a time that we're not living in. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to share that little gem with you all because it's been something that's really been on my mind lately. And as for the future, I'm kind of in a place right now where, you know, they say like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. Live, laugh, love, eat, pray, love. Um, seriously, there's so much pressure to know what your future is going to hold. Like when we graduate high school, we're asked, okay, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do after school? And no one knows because you're not supposed to know. You don't have the life experience to know. But somewhere along the line, it was misconstrued to think that by 17 years old, we should have a plan. We should be able to see our future in front of us like it's already happened. And no one can do that. So anyone that's pretending like they have this life plan that's 
perfect and right in front of them, like their plan isn't going to go how they think anyways. So I've never understood this intense pressure on young people to know what their future is going to hold because it's their plan is going to change anyways. So why stress people out about it? I would always shame myself for not being able to figure out what's next, for not being able to predict the future, which it sounds so ridiculous, but I feel like it's something that we all do. We shame ourselves for not being further ahead than others or not knowing how to get ahead. Um, We, yeah, like I was always in a place where I was frustrated with myself for not knowing what's next for me. Like right now I'm in a place that I don't know where the fuck I want to live. And that's really kind of been stressful for me. Um, And I've been like pissed off at myself for not being able to like get some clarity and just know what I want and know where I want to be. But that's not fair because I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know what, no matter what decision I make, I don't know what that decision will hold for me. So the best thing I can do really is learn to treat, this is a piece of advice for everyone is like learn to treat your life with a bit of nonchalance it's something that I'm always striving for and what I mean by that is like like to just not take life so seriously all the time work towards goals that interest you for now don't worry about what's going to be best for you in 10 years because along the way you will experience and that is the most important goal you'll experience life on the way to no matter where you're going. As long as you're heading in a direction that makes you comfortable and that is making you happy and is taking you towards a direction that you think will benefit you or you think right now will benefit you, go that way. Because the only thing we're here to do on this earth is to experience, is to grow, is to learn. And that's how we as humans evolve is to experience and to learn and to grow. You are not the same year person you were five years ago as you are today because of a result of your experience, whether good or bad. So living life with this coward kind of I'm going to stay in one bubble is something I feel sorry for, actually, because you're not getting the experience, the full experience of life. And if you don't take life so seriously nothing can really hurt you that bad if that makes sense yeah if you don't put so much so many expectations on your experiences in your life and your career and your friends and your relationships if you don't expect the absolute if you expect that there will be some hard times and there will be some good times and either way it's an experience life will be so much easier for you to live you don't need to be so attached to every situation in your life but that's not to say you should detach from your emotions like I still think that you should put all the passion you have into the things that feel natural Because that's how you get the most beautiful things in life. You need to put yourself into them. You need to put your emotions into them. But all I'm saying is just take every hard experience with a bit of grain of salt because you should put all of yourself into it. And when it doesn't work out, that's when you 
navigate accordingly in my mind. Um, And you then realize afterwards, okay, I put all this stock into this, whether it be a job into a, I put everything I had into this job, this relationship. And I can say, I put everything I had into those relationships, but it didn't, that was not the path I was on. I've learned something, learned something from these experiences, even if I can't see it yet. And I'm going to take it with a bit of grain of salt, move forward onto the next experience and leave that experience for what it was. And this is a lot easier said than done. But I think it's a state that we should all strive for and a state that I'm really working to get to. I hope that that makes sense. Um, yeah. So if like if you get hurt along the way or if something doesn't work out, remembering life isn't so serious will always remind you there is still a future outside of the situation, no matter what situation you're in. A lot can change in two years, five years, six months, two weeks eventually nothing that happened on this earth will matter anyways not your boyfriend Richard who cheated on you won't matter when our world burns into six million flames the fact that my dad doesn't care about me won't matter once this planet burns into flames the fact that your cat got hit by a car last week won't matter once this planet burns into flames The fact that you got fired won't matter in a week if this planet burns into flames. Not in a week. It won't burn into flames in a week. Really, in my mind, the only thing that matters right now or should matter to any of us is the fact that this planet is going to set on fire soon. And we won't even exist. We won't even exist to have our cats die, to have our boyfriends break up with us, to run a marathon to travel the world we won't exist to do any of that if we don't take that seriously so that's the only situation I'm going to say focus on the future and uh don't ignore that in the present (laughs) um now to get on to death so I'm absolutely terrified of death to be honest I hope that those points made sense I hope that that resonated with you guys how I meant for it to too Jeez, I'm just like obviously not as eloquent with my words today as I normally am. But when it comes to death, I'm absolutely fucking scared, terrified. Um, it's more that I'm scared of not accomplishing and seeing everything and doing everything I want to in this life. Like there's still so much on my list I want to do. I want to travel. I want to have a baby. I want to get maybe married, hopefully, maybe. I want to have a good career. I want to work in philanthropy I want to work in entertainment I want to do business work I want to go have girls trips I want to learn to surf there's still so many things I want to do before I die that I'm really scared I won't get to accomplish them um if I had to pick one day to die way to die though apart from old age it would be drowning actually no this would be my number one either way I would like to drown seems fitting for me Water is my favorite natural element, so it would feel natural to end my life there. It's also supposed to be quite euphoric, so I kind of picture it as being on, like, really scary for a bit, and then you, like, just have a mushroom trip while you die. 
this is of course after I've already had a husband he's died I've hoarded up at the old folks home maybe my secret me and my secret lover sneak out of the old folks home go cliff jumping at let's say 87 I jump into the water the river whisks me away and I just flop around until I hit my head on a rock and I am knocked unconscious and I just float away into the sea that is how I would like to go I don't want anyone to find me. I want to drown and I want to be it be doing something spontaneous and living my life. That is how I would like to die. But God, Allah, the universe, Santa, if you're listening, please uh, keep that in mind for me. That's really actually quite terrifying. I can go into just like such explicit detail in how I would like to die. Manifest and the world will do the rest. <laughs> but yeah, death, I don't know what happens after we die. Obviously, I also don't really care to know, which is an unpopular opinion. I don't really want to know what happens after we die because as of now, I think that nothing happens. I think that we just die and we're dead and we're done. That's all it is. Um, but it would be really lovely if there was something else after death, some sort of afterlife. I would really be pleasantly surprised if there was. And I am just going to try and be the best person I can be on this planet and live a morally correct way. And hopefully that will be enough to get me into the good side of God, Allah, Santa, the universe, whoever it is. Um, yeah, but there's no point in stressing over what happens after we die because like I'm not going to get the answer. So I might as well just let it go. And I think you should all do the same because I think that we all just end up in the ground dead. I would honestly, yeah, that's like, it's a scary thought, but it's like, it's how I feel. It's how I was raised. I was raised without religion. So yeah. Mess mail. Let's get on to mess mail. I am getting a little bit of the COVID brain coming to run me down. So I just want to answer your questions. I hope you guys enjoyed my ramble about life, death, birth, all that, and that you excuse my COVID brain. Okay. Question number one. Hey, Chris, I love the show. I'm your number one mess maker. That's so funny. I didn't realize anyone actually called themselves that. Um, I'm just curious, would you ever date someone that came on the show? That's a good question. I absolutely would. I network with people all the time online on social media that I would be open to romantic relationships with. Um, with that being said, when we are discussing business, that is all that's being discussed. Like I personally wouldn't feel that great about having someone on the show that was like sliding into my DMs, especially if I wasn't sure if I was at all all that interested. I would just think that maybe they didn't take my business that seriously. So I would definitely be open to dating someone I had on the show, but I would prefer to do our business first. And then um, if something were to form afterwards, that would also be 
that would be great. That'd be fun. I would love to meet someone in this kind of same world as me because dating since I've had a podcast has definitely been a change. People aren't necessarily so keen to date someone who puts absolutely everything out there on the internet. So yeah, it's a different world to live in. So yeah. Okay. Next question. If you could live anywhere, where would you want to live? Okay. So I mentioned actually earlier, I was in the process of figuring this out. Um, I talked about this on episodes before. I think that I think I need to run around the world. I think I need to run around the globe for a little while until I have the answer. I don't know if I like have a place that I feel is home. Vancouver's definitely, I guess Vancouver is home for me. My friends are here. I feel like all the people I love are here. So maybe I would stay. I really want, was actually trying to move to Australia. Um, I'm still trying to move to Australia. That's my like number one plan, but um, it's really hard right now to move to Australia. They're in lockdown. You have to like go through quarantine. I don't even think you're allowed in right now. So that plan isn't like coming to fruition. Like I hoped I thought about moving back to France because living in France is probably one of the places I would ideally like to live in the world um, in the South near the beach good food I miss it a lot but um there is no place like here I think here in Vancouver um I'm really lucky to live in Canada where there's great rights the people are good um there's good opportunity here it's beautiful the only thing that keeps me hesitant about spending the rest of my life in Vancouver is the cold because I really hate the cold like I really hate the cold it makes me I get such bad seasonal depression and 10 months of the year here are cold so yeah it's something I actually am really struggling with internally right now and trying to figure it out but right now I don't know and we're going I'm on my way but I don't know where I'm going um okay last question Hi, I'm a 24-year-old messy male from Missouri. <laughs> messy male. I prefer I oh, oh sorry. I pride myself on being the nice guy, but in the past I've been walked all over and taken advantage of. I'm sorry to hear that. My only solution is to start acting like a dick. Okay, well, let's not go that way. Um so my question is, do nice guys really finish last? Fin- do nice guys really finish last? How can the nice guys catch a girl? Okay. So in my books, you guys don't actually finish last. I think that the issue with the nice guy for a lot of girls. Okay, first, actually, I want to preface that, like, there are a lot of girls out there who date the dick because it's exciting, because they like the drama, because they have this toxic cycle. So first of all, those girls you shouldn't worry about because those girls aren't the girls you want to be with anyways. They're the ones that's going to fuck your life over and walk all over you like we're talking about. But... The last guys don't finish nice in my book. I think the issue is with the nice, nice, Jesus, the nice guy is that they lack this like alpha sexuality, I guess. I think that that's what gets misconstrued. You can be the nice guy who pulls out my chair, opens the door for me, is very polite, respects me, builds me up. And still be the guy who picks me up and pushes me against a wall and starts making out with me like crazy and undresses me. You can be both, I promise. And it is when you find that marriage of the both of those, of being like really like good and bad and like giving that alpha protective energy 
and still being the nice guy who's chivalrous. I think that that is probably what you're lacking is that like um, alpha sexuality. Like you're probably a little self-conscious because girls do walk all over you and you want to be nice. So you just need to be a little bit more assertive when it comes to physicality, I would say. That would be my, and I'm definitely not saying to like um, avoid consent or anything. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying like be a little bit more aggressive. Like don't be the guy that like if you're too nice who is like, oh, like is it okay if I kiss you? Like no, just kiss me. If I if it seems like I want to kiss you, just kiss me. I'll lean away if I don't want to kiss you. You know. So I think that it's just about being a little bit more um, assertive when it comes to physical encounters. I would say. I hope that helps. I hope that that's like a good piece of advice. You know, you can be a gentleman in the streets and a dick in the sheets. Kind of what's worked for me, like uh, someone who's a little bit more dominant in the sheets. That's like how you want a wifey, in my opinion. Oh, I didn't expect for this episode to be that long. I don't even know how long I've been recording, probably like over an hour for sure. But um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode, this COVID heavy episode of Meet My Mess. I would love if you could subscribe to the show and also send in any questions you have to Meet My Mess podcast at gmail.com. I'll put all my socials below, Meet My Mess podcast and Carissa Harrison on Instagram. Um, I would love if you guys could run those up, tap in with me there. I haven't been as active lately just because I've been sick, but I'm going to be back on my posting grind here soon. Um, Yeah, we do fun polls and all that, and um, you can ask questions there as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen every week. And I'm grateful that I have this platform to share with the world. Thanks, guys. Bye.